All right. We're in the book of Philippians. Welcome to Tuesday, Transformation Tuesday. A few of you here were here last week, and a few of you weren't, but um, how many of you right now are digging the book of Philippians? I've been here for a little while. You guys liking the book of Philippians? I am very much so. Very much so. How about you, Michael? Yeah? So-so. <laughs> he likes it so-so. Oh, that's good. That's so good. So we're going to be in chapter 2. We're going to be in verses 12 through 18 this evening. And I don't know if I'm going to make it to the explanation of the entirety of this. Because um, I feel like we're probably going to land... Not probably, we're going to land in two places this evening and kind of look, look at that a little bit more in depth um, and, and talk about it a little bit. All right, so let's, let's read it out right now. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 through 18. Everybody got notes, looks like? It says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now... Not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Paul gets a little bit personal right here. So that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and I rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. The word of the Lord. So last week, Paul began chapter 2, we began with chapter 2, verses 1 through 11 last week, and he introduced us, if you, if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to jump back this week um, into chapter 2 and start with verse 1 and 11, but I'm going to give you just an overview of it right now, because it's really important. Um, he introduces us and the Philippian church to this amazing, breathtaking view of who Jesus is. And we see Jesus existing from eternity in the form of God. And we see Jesus in humility emptying the rights to himself to enter creation and to become born. We see Jesus in obedience to the Father's will all the way up to leading to his death on a cross. We see Jesus and the work of his salvation on earth and it, and it leads to this like, leads to just cosmic proportions. God the Father awards him the name that is above every single name. 
And at the, at, the, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Paul was showing us all that this foundation, that this was the foundation for the disciples' life. This faith journey with Christ is you and I living and becoming like Jesus. But our fellowship or communion with the Spirit of Christ and, it's, and it's, it's by our fellowship and communion with Christ that, that we live like Jesus, that we love like Jesus, that we serve like Jesus, and finally, we obey like Jesus. Paul, in the text tonight that we just read, starts with kind of a loving, kind of parental tone. The text suggests a picture of someone being taught by someone else, and then that person leaving and, and the people carrying on what they were taught. It's a basic, like, you know, learning and doing, right? But I'd like to say for them, they were learning and becoming. There's a, there's a difference, and we're going we're gonna to get into that. Paul uses the word obedience, talks about obeying. He says, and the obedience described in this text is Paul's reason for encouraging the Philippian church to actually look to Christ's likeness by showing the Philippian church that through the participation that a believer gets to have with Jesus in the spirit that we have his love not just for us, not, 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 not in the sense that God loves you. Yes, he does, but you have his love. The way Jesus loves. He lays out who Jesus is for us and shows us who he was preexistent and, and his dedication to the Father's will. And then he says we have his love and that we have his mind. And we have those things to be able to obey and live out our faith in Jesus. In submission... Obedience and submission to Jesus by his spirit. Then all of us are going to shine like lights in the world as we hold on to the word of life. As, as they walk out this obedience, they're holding on to Jesus because he is the word of life. So Paul is desiring obedience for the Philippian church, an obedience to a Christ-likeness. But not just that, check this out. He furthers this idea in verse 12. I'm gonna spend a lot of time here because this is really, uh, uh, I think, is kind of the thrust of what's happening in this situation, in this, in this portion of text. Verse 12 says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It can almost, at, at, that, at that point, sound like Paul is describing a, a salvation being saved by your works experience. But he explicitly refutes this, and we'll learn about this in Philippians chapter 3, that he does, he's not about that, he's not declaring that. This is actually, this is... Uh, this is not a description of an initial salvation experience where someone is coming to Christ or even a hint 
of somebody actually working for their salvation. That's not what he's saying. The description, or, or, you know, it's not a description of us doing good works or good deeds so that God's going to let us into heaven. That's not what he's talking about. The Old Testament actually talks a little bit about this, actually a whole lot about this, but in Isaiah, um, it's, it's in your notes there, it says, but we all like unclean thing. we are all like unclean things, and all of our righteousness are like filthy rags. And that, that word filthy rags right there actually means menstrual rags, Literally. So your acts of kindness, your acts of righteousness, your, your uh, uh, ability or trying to make yourself acceptable to God, your own righteousness is like something that is not to happen in. That's unclean. So you and I, we can't work ourselves into heaven or work ourselves into God's presence. What's in view here in our text is a disciple who's in Christ, that's because Paul's talking to the Philippian Christians, and they're in faith by the apostles' teaching, and they're working the process of living like Christ, as Paul has previously laid it out in this hymn that we went through last week. But this working out of, of, of the salvation, it's got to be done with this deep reverence, awe, and a healthy fear of God. To work, see, Jesus wants to work out of you daily what he's working into you by his spirit. It's not like, it's too bad Pastor Eric isn't here because I'm going to go there again. He's always talking about how I like talking about God is with you but also in you. But that's really where I live. He's, 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 he's outside of us, right? But he's also in us. And he's working into us this, 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 this his, his own likeness. He's making us more like him. What's really in view here is this word sanctification. And that's, that, that word means to be set apart and to be made holy. Or set apart for a sacred purpose. And even I would even I would even add to that, because that is correct, that the fear and trembling is this is this understanding that that the God of the universe, when you look up at the sky and you see the stars, you see these things that you can't even comprehend how they were made. He made them and he loves you and he has a plan for you and he died for your sins so that you could know him and his glory. I don't know about you, but when, when you sit and think about that, that is supposed to create some, some awe and some trepidation and some fear like, oh my gosh. So he's talk, he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, right? But check out verse 13. Because we're not alone in doing this work. Blake introduces to it. We're conduits. We're not alone in doing this work of working out our salvation. Verse 13 says, for it is who? It is God who works in you both to will 
and to do for his good pleasure. You know, one of the hardest things I've come to uh, realize in my life, in my walk with Jesus, is aligning God's pleasure with my pleasure. It's really, it's really true. This working out of our salvation is a process in which God is intimately involved. Intimately involved. And thank God he is. Thank him that he is. I thank God that it's not up to me whether or not I get to be righteous. And, and lucky for you all that I am not God. Lucky for me and my wife isn't God. <laughs> so the will, there's, he works in us daily to be like Christ, for us to reflect his glory, to give him glory in the work and for the fruits of the work. There's this, this the, the will of the believer, your will as a person and the enablement of God being in you are both involved in the process of getting the work done in our salvation and faith journey. To work out our salvation is a partnership and only through communion with Jesus will it work. Your salvation, meaning you said yes to Christ, you responded to the call, you recognized your sinfulness and his grace of dying for you on the cross and the fact that he was speaking to you about it through somebody or through an experience with him is proof that he is alive in his body and alive in people. He rose from the dead, he's speaking to you. But it's only through him that, that you and I can have any kind of, of um, salvation experience, any kind of work that he wants us to do is in and through him. Listen to what Jesus himself says in John chapter 15, verse five. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Got this beautiful picture of connection, right? This, this tree, the vine going into the, into the ground, and we're the branches connected to that vine. He says, whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. He's talking about surrender. He's talking about living and leaning into him. He's talking about, yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll get into it a little bit more, but... See, it's, it's God's will that we need in our lives. It's his will that actually completes us. It's his will that he actually works into our lives to even desire the works and even to do them are by his spirit and through him being alive in us. Listen to what uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20 and 21 says about this. He says, may the God of peace, 
who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may, what? Do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through what? Not through my works, not through what I do, but through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. He's showing you the place from which the works will take place. It's through a faith, through an abiding, through in, when you're in Christ. He is going to work in you and through you. I put this verse in here, and I, I'm, I'm kind of toying with, with, with it. And the thing that, the thing that stri- strikes me about this passage, this section here, is Paul talking about obedience. Paul showing us the obedience of Jesus. Then, then Paul saying, yeah, you guys are doing great. You, you obeyed when I was there, and you're walking in obedience when I left, when I'm not there. Continue to do this. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling before a holy God, right? And, and it's God who's working in you to will and to do according to his good pleasure. But that's the heart. I think that's, I think that's the rub. Is my will and God's will. What I want and what God wants. Um, I think that a lot of us, and I know my, my, myself included, um, this, this is the place where our relationship with God gets, gets revealed for, for where it's at, which is, which is okay. Some people have a relationship with God that he's kind of a cosmic Coke machine in the sky. Right? You, 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 you do something good, and that means you get your money put in there and then you get your thing that you, that you want. You get, your, you get your nice whatever, your nice life. Psalms 37 verse 4 says this. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And, and that's what Paul's talking about. He, he's, ta- he's like, work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it's God who's working in you to will and to do according to his good pleasure. And it's this process of surrender. In a relationship with God, your desires are going to change. If your relationship with God is he's a cosmic Coke machine in the sky, you're going to say, okay, God, I really, really like you. I really delight in you right now. But so can I get my, my thing that I want? the laundry list of things that we have that we're praying to God about, our desires. Not that he doesn't care about those things and not that he doesn't care that, that you have desires and wants. Of course he does. But the first thing that this verse says is to delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in God, meaning fear, awe, trembling, understanding, coming, coming closer to him, abiding in him. And when that happens, just like you were saying, your desires actually begin to change. I know mine did. I, they did. It's still a battle. So working out our salvation is an emptying of ourselves, a surrender to the Father's will, just like Jesus. 
So then that, so what the question is, for me, this is what question gets begged is, you know, what is God's will? And the, and the, and the scripture is not silent on this, and I'm going to present you with, uh, with, some, with some foundational ones, and there's, there's others that, that you can come across and find, but um, I'm going to give you some specific ones that use the word will and use the word God in the same sentence. And Jesus is actually, uh, I think he gives us the majority of them. Let's jump over to John chapter 6, verse 25 through 34. This is a, I love John chapter 6. There's so many cool things jumping off in here. Miracles, Jesus feeds 5,000 people. Um, it's going to start in verse uh, 25. Um, the context is Jesus is doing miracles, doing crazy things. Jesus is walking on water. Okay, He's declaring that he's the bread of life. In verse 22, and he's feeding, feeding the multitudes, right? And the multitudes go looking for him. They, he, they, they got fed one day. They saw that he left. And they're like, where is he? where'd he go? So they go to the other side of the lake. It takes a minute. It's not like just, you know, 15 minutes. It takes a while. They get to the other side, and they're looking for Jesus, and they find him, right? And it says, starting in verse 25, when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not labor for food that perishes, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. They said to him, what must we be doing to do the works of God? Oh, the question of all questions, right? There it is. They know something's going on. They, 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 got, they got fed, and they, but they're seeking him because they're hungry again. He's kind of like Burger King Jesus, cosmic Coke machine in the sky. Can you, feed, can you feed me? I want, I want, I want, me, me, mine, 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 right? That's where they're living. But they ask a really deep question. What must we do to be doing the works of God? And Jesus answered them, this is the work of God or the will of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. Now jump over to John 6, 40. Actually, it's in your, it's in your notes there. I didn't um, put that much scripture in your notes. We read it together. But Jesus says this again in John 6. He says, for this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So God's will for your life is that you believe in Jesus. That's his will. <laughs> believe in Jesus. This is another will of God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. He says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you be made holy, that you be set apart for a sacred purpose. And then he goes into a list of things, right? It says that you abstain from sexual immorality, and he keeps going because he's describing 
sanctification. He's describing someone working out their salvation and what they're working out of their life, what's getting out, what God's working in, and how they're, and how they're living out their life with Jesus. But it's God's will that you believe in Jesus, and it's God's will that you be sanctified. Now, take a look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, just a chapter ahead in 1 Thessalonians. We're going to find the origin of this sanctification. Now may the God of peace himself say himself, sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, and he will surely do it. He will surely do it. So are you hearing, are you hearing what, what Paul is laying down in, in, in this where he's saying, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. God wants you to become more like his son Jesus. He wants you to be more obedient like his son Jesus. Now, what is that? What is it? When, when you see obedience, that is, that is the cringe word for human beings. Submission, that's the cringe word for human beings, especially American human beings. We don't understand that word. We, we, we break off yokes and we don't, we don't submit to nobody, right? But God is a holy God, He's worthy to be praised. And his love for you is so great that he wants you to know him intimately so that you can become more like him in this life. Be, sanctif <clears throat> excuse me, be sanctified and become holy. I think the important thing is to, to, uh, to recognize that our eyes should always be towards Christ and, and inward to our own heart. And I know myself, it's really easy to just look around and just start judging people and just start, you know, you, you're lame, you suck, you guys, you this, you that, you know, and I, I get alone with like my brother and my uncles and we can start talking crazy about, you know, they start going off on politics or whatever. And, and, and before I know it, I'm like, whoa. So what, where, where does, where do some of you this evening stand as you as you look at this text and I know I've only covered a part of it because there's some other things happening here he's talking about grumbling and disputing right and 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 being blameless innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked generation among whom you shine as lights in the world holding fast to the word of life you know he's he there's some other things going on and I, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to touch on that this evening but because I feel like the 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 thing that that is is really st stuck on me for for years now is is this section in particular is God working in you to will and to do according to his good pleasure and how are you doing on that journey is this working out of your salvation is it going to be a flawless experience why but God's in you working to will according to his good pleasure I'm going to get ahead of you, Adam, because no, don't in, do the that. Next, in the next chapter, oh, Paul on. talks about it. I know he does. 
No, no, seriously, though, yes. the, you know, he says, yeah. I'm going to pursue God, forget what's behind, and yes. move forward. Yes. Which sounds so cliche in our, you know, social media world. I'm going to forget what's behind and move. But that's literally what he says. It's like, yes. I'm going to strive in the race towards God and forget the things that are behind. So Amen. it's definitely, and he Amen. even says, I'm not perfect. Yes. I'm not already perfect. I haven't obtained this already. I am in the middle of my race. Yes. And the language Paul uses at the end of his life is I have finished the race. Yes. And Amen. so it's one of those ideas in scripture that we move towards what God has for us and we are in process. That is not just an okay thing. That's how God has designed the plan. He's Amen. built the program to I be a process, yep. not a, you know, one size fits all. Once you complete X, Y, and Z stamp of approval, you're done. Go away. Right. Right. It's a process that we're working out. God is working through us and it's going to be completed, but it's not going to be completed till we're in his presence. Yeah. Right. And so that's uh, Paul does come full circle, circle yeah. in Philippians three, but that's definitely yes. uh, Amen. Let's uh, uh, illustrate my. It is. My, I love it. <laughs> stay tuned. Stay tuned. Exactly. We're going to get to Philippians. Well, 3. this yeah. thought isn't but, ending here. It's, no, this it's is not. this is just the it's, beginning of this thought. Yep. I just wanted to share that. Um, I just rem this scripture really just hits home with me. I just remember. You know, we all have our walks and things we go through from, mm -hmm. you know, our family we grew up with and things we go through in our life. And obviously a lot of that is not perfect, right? And I just remember going through a really tough season um, where I was just going through, like, a lot of emotional healing. And I was going through, like, some, um, you know, meeting with a counselor and stuff like that. And just trying to kind of sort through some of the things that happened to me in my life or that I was, you know, God was showing me. And I just remember being like so discouraged that I wasn't getting a lot of things right or like that I wasn't making, always making right decisions or I was like wrestling, you know, with my thoughts on different things. And um, I just remember God showing me this scripture and being like, it's okay. I love you. You know, like you don't, you're not going to get it right every single time. Like it's not going to be like, it's going to be me and you. I'm not, I'm not going to leave you, you know, just because you're, you know, oh man, I screwed up again, you know, or whatever. Um, or I, you or know, processing or processing like, hard emotion. I think, yeah, just like processing, even recognize, like, I think when we go through a salvation experience and then God starts showing us different things about how we think and how we live and how we, um, you know, deal with things in our life. And a lot of that stuff was learned, you know, from what, how we grew up or from the environment that we're in, or even just because we were flesh, you know, we're not God. And of course we wrestle with that because we, you know, want to be in control. <laughs> well, I don't know about you. I want to be in control, but, um, I guess all that to say is, you know, if, if this is a wrestle for you, I just encourage you to really journal it out and pray with the Lord because when the Lord really revealed this to me that it's him doing it in me and that I, 
I don't have to get it perfect and I don't have to have all the answers or know, you know, what to do every time. And, and like, even I'm going to mess up, like, he's still going to be right there. I'm still going to be able to turn to him and he's still going to love me. It's not going to be more or less. He's just there. And, you know, he's going to show me um, what he wants to do in me, through me, and, and how he wants to transform that. And guess what? When I mess up again on the same thing, <laughs> he's going to transform me again, you know? It's, it's, and that's part of the beauty of that walk is, like, just being able to trust God with that and go, wow, yeah, this was really hard or this is a tough season or, wow, I'm wrestling with this again and I thought I got through this. Um, and then oh, God yeah. just saying, like, no, I'm here with you through the whole thing, the whole time. I'm not leaving you and let's keep walking it out. Pretty, pretty awesome. Amen. It's so true. I mean, it, even in the even in the book of Acts, um, I don't know specifically where it says it, um, but it talks about Paul when he got saved. He went away. I mean, he went. He went. It said he went and preached to these places, but then he realized that he needed he needed to know something. There was something that God was working in him, and he went away. And then God did this work in his life and revealed things to him, and then he went back into ministry and into preaching and, 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 you know, and now we're standing here today, you know, because of the spirit of God alive in him working into willing according to God's good pleasure. I think that that's what f most people are afraid of is that we're afraid of God's plan for our life. Like, you know, do you want to know God's will for your life? Like really, 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 really. Do you really? I don't know about you. I, I, I know that, you know, I'm, I'm up here and I'm a pastor and all that stuff, but that's something that is, uh, that's scary to me. Yeah, I'm not scared to die because I know, I know where, but, but I'm, I'm one of those guys that I'm, I'm, a, I'm afraid that I missed the boat. That's, that's, that's kind of my, that's my, my like, like, oh no, did I miss it? I missed something. You know, that's, that's been something that I've had to process through in my life. Like, oh, man, I missed the boat. I missed the starting gun, right? The old Pink Floyd song. Nobody told you when to run. You missed the starting gun, right? And you're like, oh, no. I'll get there. You know, that's, that's, been, my, that's been my experience. And with, with looking at the will of God, when I begin to think about it, what does God actually want? And, I, and, I, and God took me to these scriptures I shared with you this evening God wants you to believe in Jesus. I'm like, okay, check. Not that I was checking boxes or needed boxes to check, but all of, uh, God was taking me on this journey, and he was like, do you believe in me? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I do. I totally believe in you. Okay, cool. Next, I want to sanctify you. What the heck is that? You want to make me, it sounds painful, and it is. <laughs> It's painful and beautiful at the same time. It's like, it's almost, I mean, I'm not, I've never birthed a child. My wife has birthed two amazing children. And, and I, I, I liken it to that where it's like there's this struggle and this like pain. And then there's this, oh, wow, this is incredible. And, it, and God wants to do that in your life with him present. And that's the cool thing about this text that, that I love is that you're not alone in the process. You don't have to think about what God wants you to do. 
You don't have to, like, not that you shouldn't. I'm not saying you, you shouldn't do that. Of course, we should all go, God, what do you want me to do today? But it's not that you have to uh, figure it out on your own. It's in the scripture. Believe, be sanctified. Okay, believe, be sanctified. Obey, submit. Okay, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start the journey on those things. I'm going to fall on my face, but I'm going to get back up and I'm going to go for it, right? It's okay. It's, it's okay. And that's one of the things I said, you know, uh, I say this a lot. It's okay to be where you're at as long as you don't stay there very long. And I'm not telling you you need to do anything. You just need to take your walk with Jesus. As long as you're walking with Jesus, I'm cool. But if you're not, and, you, and, and, and you're just kind of, you kind of like, you know, drew the line in the sand somewhere, and you've kind of, you know, thinking that you're stepping away, it doesn't work that way. If you really know Jesus, he follows you and chases you down. I am not kidding. I was 15 years old. Yeah, I was 15 years old and, and doing, living, living dumb and doing a lot of dumb things and had been locked up in juvenile hall and all this stuff. And my mom had remarried this, this man of God. And whenever he saw me, he'd say, what's up, preacher? I ain't never preached nothing in my whole life. I was like, this dude's crazy. I don't know if I like him. But God was, God was up to something, you know. And God wants to do something in your life as well. And I think that I eventually succumbed to that, obviously. <laughs> you know, God chased me down. And, uh, and, and him and I met in a new way, and, and I accepted him into my life. I think I accepted the Lord as a young child, but then I walked away because of brokenness in my family and all that stuff. And, and, and then on the other side of my 20s, God began to do a work in me and wanted to bring healing and wanted to bring freedom and wanted to bring himself into my life. That's what's so important, guys. It's not a, a, an intellectual assent to I'm going to think these thoughts about God, and then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm good. No. That only gets you half the way. That's knowing. That's learning. But that's not becoming. And that's the most important thing. Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And it's God who's working in you and will and to do according to his good pleasure. You're becoming God's pleasure. The things you're doing with your life are becoming God's pleasure. Not that he's looking at you and saying, oh, yeah, you need to do this. No, it's, 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 not, it's not that way. He, the love already exists. This, this, this text is to a church, people that are full of the Spirit of God. They love Jesus. The, it, is, it is, come on, there's, there's stuff to do. I want you to come with me. I want to show you what's next for you in your heart, and then what you're going to do with that change inside of you. Because the change that takes place inside of you is never, ever just for you. It never is. That's, that's it's just how God works, you know? No plan, there's no plan B. You're, you're, you're it. We're it. Even though that sounds crazy. Like, really, Lord? You want to work into me, your will. You want to work into my life things that please you 
it takes surrender and that's it. It takes obedience. And what I mean by obedience is I mean surrender. I mean, looking back at chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, and in verse 5, 6, 7, and 8, where, he, where Jesus empties himself and gives himself over to the will of God. Where it said he was in the form of God, but he didn't take hold of that. He humbled himself and became a servant and was born and humbled himself to the will of God and died on a cross for you and for me and to bring God glory so that we could be with him and know him. Are you guys hearing that? Is that, is that, is that ringing true? I hope that, I hope that this week um, you, can, you can maybe take a, take a new step in, in your relationship with the Lord and, and asking him what he's working on in your life. And like a bunch of people said in here, it's not you're already perfect because none, none of us are perfect on this side of eternity. Now, the scripture says because of your faith in Jesus, you are seated in heavenly places with God in Christ because of your faith. So positionally, where you're standing, you're, you're, you're good. I mean, good as in you are correct, you are perfected. But because you still got breath in your lungs and the Spirit of God is alive in you, you're, you, have, you have things to do. His Spirit is going to lead you and guide you and direct you to do things that please Him. And remember that passage in Psalms? Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. That's, 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 what, that's, what, that's what's happening a delighting in him, abiding in him, believing in him, let, and then letting him do the work that he wants to do in your life. That's the big one, letting him do it. Saying, okay, he stands at the door and knocks. We let him in, and we put him in the closet. And we're like, I don't, I'm not ready for your will yet. So can you, I clean this little space over here for you, Jesus. That is the Jesus space you can't touch anything else in my life. Jesus doesn't work that way, guys. He doesn't. He comes in. He'll sit patiently, but he'll start digging. Because <laughs> your heart is a, is a field. I believe this, that your heart's a field. And God is tilling the soil of your heart. And this is what sanctification looks like. Your heart is a field, and God is tilling the soil of your heart. He's on a tractor. You didn't know that you let Jesus in and he was on a tractor, but he was. He came into your life, came into your heart, and he's tilling the soul of your heart. He's going to hit some massive rocks, some places in your life that do not produce fruit, that are not part of his plan. And he gets off of his tractor, he comes down, and he says, hey, I got this big old rock over here, and we need to move it. I'm going to put something really amazing right here. But we might be like, oh, Jesus, but there's so much more. I mean, look at all the, well, okay. And he gets back on the tractor and he goes back and he's tilling the soil of your heart. Ten years goes by. All of a sudden, something happens and you come face to face with Jesus again. You're like, wow, you're still here. And he's like, yeah, I'm still here. 
And guess where he's standing? Right by that giant rock that he wanted you to move 10 years ago. And all it takes is for us to go, yeah, Jesus, let's do that. And you guys go and you do it together. And he shows you how it's done. And when he shows you how it's done, then you have that, that, that knowledge, that understanding to bring that into other people's lives. Working out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. I think it's important to find out what pleases God. And I think we landed on it tonight. He wants you to believe in Jesus. He wants you to be sanctified. He wants you to abide in him, to delight in him. Amen. Anybody want to add anything to that? Any good tractor stories you got? No, I'm just kidding. Well, let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for this blessing of this moment together to share your word and, and to, to let it do what only you can do with it, Lord. And I thank you for this moment. It is holy because it, your word is lifted up. You are lifted up. Jesus, do your work in our lives in new ways. Continue. Nobody in here is done. doesn't matter where you're at in the race. All of us are called to work out our salvation. All of us are called to delight in you, to, to allow you into the areas of our lives that you change us and mold us and, and that our desires beco become new, different, changed, even sanctified. Thank you, Jesus, that you work your will into our lives as we surrender to you. You work your will into, your, into our lives because of your grace, because of your mercy. We thank you, Jesus, for your forgiveness for our sins, for dying on the cross. We thank you, Lord, that you do not leave us alone, that your spirit is moving your Holy Spirit is moving in us, living and breathing, causing us to do things that please you. And Lord, you are pleased. Even if we spend four seconds in prayer and thinking about you, that pleases you. Yeah, you want more. But you are pleased, Lord, with us. And it's from that place of being pleased and in love that you want us to grow and to surrender to you and become more like you. Jesus, help us to surrender. Help us to live like you did, Jesus, and emptying yourself and giving yourself Help us to understand what that means and how that, how that works out in our daily lives. Because we've all, we've all worked, we've got jobs, we've families and, and all these things, but you call us to let things go and to let you in and you bring in that new life and experience and calling and, and, and salvation and sanctification and we're supposed to be working that out with you. 
I thank you, Jesus. It's never too late. None of us in here have missed anything. We haven't missed the boat. We haven't missed you. I praise you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Everyone said? Amen. Amen.